Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it is area code 914-803-4131. As area code 914-803-4131. If you're listening during the live podcast, uh, chat room, you can go to the show page, the episode page on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You can log in with your free blogtalkradio.com account, and you can uh, leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. that way. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. at the show thread at liberalband.com, at facebook.com slash liberalband, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to Liberal Dan Radio all over the place. Uh, Liberal Dan Radio on uh, Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube, uh, and also Facebook.com slash LiberalBain as well. So, But uh, before we get into the rest of the show, we're going to do a couple of brief headlines. Uh, the House and Senate have passed bills making Juneteenth a federal holiday. Most of America who is uneducated about such a thing is like, June what? I'm sure that such a thing wouldn't happen uh, in Donald Trump's America because he was the whitewasher in chief. Texas has announced that it is going to put up $250 million for a border wall. But instead of asking Mexico to pay for it, it is asking for donations. In related news, this week's Hypocrite of the Week is Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He is a supposed conservative who claims to believe in the Constitution, but he announced that Texas will build a border wall. The Constitution gives the federal government the authority on matters dealing with our national borders, and as such, it is not a power retained by the states via the Tenth Amendment. As always, conservatives use the Constitution as if it was two-ply. To see who the next hypocrite of the week will be, tune in to Liberal Band Radio, talk from the left and right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Remember when uh, Steve Bannon tried to allegedly raise funds for the border wall? How did that work out for, for, for that? Where did that money go? Yeah, I, I don't expect this one to be any, uh, any better either. Uh, and that is the end of this week's brief headlines, because as always, I've had a long week and didn't have much time to prep the headlines segment. I, I'm surprised I got the, the other bits out. So um, we already have two people in the chat room, uh, Mask Free America, who I know is uh, bringing it boy. Welcome back. Uh, and then we have uh, Gavin Moorhead. Um, oh, my. Um, I guess. Uh, we'll see what Gavin has to add to the conversation as well. You guys are welcome. And if, assuming both of y'all gents are uh, conservative, assuming that you're gents, first of all, and assuming that you're conservatives, I, w- I would like to pose this question to you about uh, conservatives uh, and uh, the conservatives who, you know, 
y'all always try and make yourselves out to be the the um, people who uphold the Constitution more. I, I don't agree with that idea, uh, but y'all always try to wrap yourselves in the Constitution and claim, you know, things, you know, claim the Constitution, and especially conservatives love to talk about supposed state rights, which is no such thing as a right for the states. States have rights. States have powers. People have rights. But the states, the idea of states' rights, supposedly, uh, come from the Tenth Amendment, which says that the powers that are not given to the federal government nor restricted from the states by the Constitution are the powers that are retained by the states, excuse me, or the people. So here's the thing. If the federal government is given the authority by the Constitution to regulate, you know, immigration and naturalization policies, i.e. if the federal government controls the border between the United States and countries outside of it, then what authority does Abbott have to build a wall on the border? Mask Free America bringing a boy asks, why so down with states' rights? I'm not against the idea of the Tenth Amendment powers. I, I disagree with calling them rights. I think that rights are something precious that people have. And I don't think that we should conflate the powers that states get with the rights that people have. Because powers are granted, rights are protected. And that, that should, that should, that, that's my view, at least, of the Constitution and rights and powers. A right is something that we should innately have. And if government wishes to do anything to restrict activities of the individuals, government should be the one that has to show why they have the authority to restrict the activity um, and why it shouldn't be a right. Government, people shouldn't have to explain uh, in court or anywhere else why a certain activity is a right. Government should have to prove why something isn't a right. So, so to me, to, to call the Tenth Amendment powers that the states have rights, to call them rights, is to dirty the word right. It's to say that it's to, it's to equate something that people have and should be able to have the, and, and our freedoms with the powers that government has to act in any manner. So, and, and so let's just say, for example, um, you know, some, some conservatives would argue that you know, the Tenth Amendment basically says every power that's not given, or every, by, by saying that, by complaining a power with a right, you are basically saying that um, if the government, the state governments or local governments have the authority to do whatever the heck it is they want to do, because it's not a power granted to the federal government in the Constitution, as long as it's not restricted by from in the Constitution. I say if the Constitution doesn't say you can't do this, and it doesn't say to the federal government you can do this, then basically you're giving blanket authority to states to do whatever it is they want to do, but that shouldn't be the case because states do not have the authority to usurp the rights that people have. And that's why. That, that's why I do not conflate the authorities or powers or whatever that are retained by the states via the Tenth Amendment with the rights that individuals have. Um, so you – I don't understand what that say. Get masks should be mandatory for Republicans only. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. That's funny. Um, 
masks should be mandatory for I, mean, I, I don't because of the here's the thing rolling to the masks for a second like I don't I, I I appreciate the fact that the CDC came out with the guidance saying that people who are not vaccinated or people who are vaccinated don't need to wear masks because of the fact that they are um, because of the fact that the masks on vaccinated people make it so that um, you, you would, they don't add any additional protection above and beyond what you would normally get or any, any meaningful protection above and beyond what you would have from the vaccine, either in getting the, getting the virus or spreading the virus. So now if you, if you don't have the vaccinations, it, the masks do provide enough more a, a significant amount of protection in preventing you from spreading the virus. So um, Gavin Moorhead says all Republicans should be held down and vaccinated. No, I don't believe in in forcing people down and forcing a vaccination on somebody. You do have the choice of whether or not you're going to get the vaccination. However, with that choice should come some obvious, you know, you, you shouldn't be able to just freely, you know, infect others because there are people right now, I have kids who are, I have one child who's less than 12 who cannot get the vaccine right now. And people who are not masked and not vaccinated are a threat to him. And so, and we don't take him out much, you know, outside of our bubble, um, you know, and when we do, we make sure that he's masked because we're responsible. Uh, however, I don't, it's just, it's thoughtlessness. It's if, if Donald Trump, and this is the question. I, I want to call into that other radio show that I listen to, that conservative one. I want to call into that show and say and ask, you know, one of the things that they talk about, that conservatives talk show hosts will talk about, a lot of conservatives on Facebook I see will talk about, is is that one of the, 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 the successes of the Donald Trump administration is the, the, the people said that he was foolish in thinking that they could create a vaccine in you know, a year or less than a year. Um, so if you give, so, 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 and, and we were able to create vaccine. And I think the first vaccine that came out was not part of Project Warp Speed. So I don't know if he gets credit for that, but um, they'll tout the successes in getting, you know, the Moderna vaccine out, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine out. The fact that we have three of them, some of which, and, and a fourth on the way, because you have the Novavax vaccine coming out. Um, because you have those vaccines that are out, and, and they all came out, you know, in, in some of them less than a year, some of them a little more than a year, they all, they're all came out quickly. And the conservatives will say that this is a victory for Donald Trump. So they'll tout this is a victory for Donald Trump, yet they still won't take the vaccine. Why is that? Why won't they take the vaccine if, if they're viewing it as such a victory and a triumph for Donald Trump. Now had, again, Donald Trump had the ability to, and he had, had he just simply not mocked masking, had he, had he stated from day one that masking is a patriotic act that you can do to help protect, oh, that's not good, uh, to help protect your fellow human beings. Um, there we go. I just realized that I had set the show to end in 15 minutes and not in, not in a, a much longer time than I usually set it for. And I just, I was like, why do I have three minutes left in my stream? That's not good. Uh, 
So I just fixed that, thankfully. Um, I'm having trouble taking Gavin Moorhead seriously. I don't. I, I'm not sure who. I don't. I don't think that would be Brian. <laughs> that would be uh, my Patreon. Um, I, I think you're 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 pretending to be a a rabid. Uh, over-the-top liberal as a conservative, but really are a conservative. Am I right? Because um, so Gavin Moorhead goes, yes, I want to abolish Republicans. You are correct. I call it the final solution. What do you think? <sighs> Again, obviously it's said in jest, I believe. Um, and I would, you know, I would be cautious with using, you know, I, I you know, I've made this a similar joke, but just be cautious when making those sort of things, because even though it's obvious that you are being sarcastic, um, chill out a little bit on that. Um, anyway, um, where were we? Anyway, we're talking about if, if Donald Trump would have just said that masking is patriotic, that taking the vaccine is patriotic, that protecting your fellow human beings is, is patriotic. I think we would be in a much different place. But no, he mocked masking. He mocked social distancing, etc. He... Um, and there's one, there's one though, there's one interesting thing that I read. Um, a friend of mine talked about on on a, a post because somebody said something about how, um, you know, when when one of the things about America is that people you know, we tend to come together and try and protect each other, that Americans will, will try and do that. And I disagree with that. I think COVID has has proven that wrong. I don't believe that that is correct. Uh, anymore. I, I disbelieve that Americans will come together. I don't believe that, you know, whatever we saw with 9-11, you know, with uh, anything that of us coming together, that, that I don't, I don't even know if that would happen um, in my opinion, because of the whole, you know, well, your, your health is not my responsibility. Like, you know, that's the idea. Um, meanwhile, there are other things that happen where, um, where, where sometimes conservatives will do things like I think most of the so-called Cajun Navy uh, that go out, goes out and tries to help people in the middle of a, um, in the middle of a, uh, you know, storms or because of the, you know, the ship that sunk in the Gulf or whatever, you know, so they'll go out. Well, but, but these are the same people that might then flip around and say, well, we're not going to wear a mask. What about my freedom? What about your health is not my responsibility yet they'll get in a boat and go brave drastic waters to, it doesn't necessarily make much sense to me, but somebody brought up to me the idea of how do you boil a frog? Um, so how do you, how do you boil a frog? And, and what does that mean? So when you boil a frog, uh, if, if, if you put a frog in boiling water, the frog will try and jump out immediately because it's too hot. But if you put a frog in, lukewarm water and start slowly warming it, you'll boil the frog and the frog isn't going to run and escape because it doesn't sense the urgency of it. So perhaps that was part of the problem with conservatives uh, when it come, when it came, or many conservatives at least, when it came to, uh, you know, looking out for their fellow humans, perhaps the fact that they didn't see it as being a threat because, President Trump downplayed the virus as he admitted to, and he admitted to doing so to Woodward. So because he downplayed it, we weren't in the quote boiling water. So people didn't really think that we needed to jump out. Maybe had President Trump 
been honest about the threats that the virus faced, then maybe his supporters would have followed him along with him and would have said, hey, we are, um, you know, we are going to do what we can to help you, President, to help fight this virus. But as I said, we, he was the whitewasher in chief. He wants to make sure that everything's sugar-coated and looks nice and pretty, and he doesn't want – it's all about advertising and, you know, making himself look good. So him, him having high numbers of COVID cases by testing more – and saying that this is a dangerous virus, um, he was he he basically made it so that uh, the frogs, so to speak, in, in the analogy, uh, were in the lukewarm water that was slowly boiling and not in the immediately boiling water, making them want to get out of it. So, I'm having a problem taking Gavin Moorhead seriously in the chat. So, um, so President Trump said what was true and a number of people didn't go. President Trump didn't say what was true, though. President Trump said uh, to the people that it was no worse than the flu. He said that to the people after telling Woodward that it was much worse than the flu. So it's simple. It's as simple as that. But so, so bringing a boy, i.e. Mask Free America, do you believe that it is an accomplishment of Donald Trump that vaccines were pushed out that quickly? Do you, do you believe that, or do you not believe that it was an accomplishment of Trump? Hello? I don't know. So <laughs> we will see. I don't know. I will be waiting for a response on that, I guess. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Come back. Uh, take your calls as well. 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. 
sometimes even in their own voices, shall become one of the liberal band family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. To Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. During the break, Mask Free America answered my question. says, I wish he had no hand in it. President Trump should not have pushed the vaccine knowing it was unsafe. Did, how would he have known if the vaccine was or was not unsafe when he pushed for it when at the start of it? I, I don't understand how he... You know, would, nobody could have known the safety, the efficacy of the vaccine when he started pushing for supposed Operation Warp Speed. And um, how do you believe, what, what evidence do you have bringing a boy that, uh, you, that the vaccines are unsafe? I mean, I, I'm fully vaccinated. I mean, look, I understand me saying I'm fully vaccinated. I'm fine. That, that's not evidence that anything won't happen to me in the future. That's also, you know, anecdotal. It's not scientific. But the, the, the studies that were done ta- have, have tests that are done. Like the first round is, is the first round of the testing is covers, I forget what the first round covers. Second round covers safety. Third round covers efficacy. And so they went through all, all of these vaccines, went through all of these tests. And I'm in a vaccine trial. You know, I, I took... I either got fully vaccinated back in January or February or in May. Uh, And so so the other one that I got was the placebo. So this this is phase three, which is testing efficacy, not testing safety. Safety was tested in phase two. So I'm not exactly sure what you believe is unsafe about the vaccines that have been put out. Um, I'm surprised that the left are not capitalizing on the failure of the vaccine. What failure of the vaccine? Bringing a boy. I don't. I don't understand. <coughs> excuse me. Your point there. Um, before we get to our phone call, which I believe 
my good friend from California. Um, I do want to go ahead and play uh, Words of Redneck Wisdom this week. Uh, somebody who called into uh, Jeff's show. Um, if you don't like wordy dirds or whatever, there is a expletive in here. One of the reasons I'm playing it, because this is on terrestrial radio. This is on live over the air. Um, so I had a good laugh at it. And well, and the other reason I'm playing this one is because the other one, for some reason, wasn't available online. So therefore, I couldn't play the other one, which I will, I will get to that as well. The point that was made in that call as well, because it, it was a doozy. But first and foremost, here it is, this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. <laughs> And now, words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. I got a bunch of stuff on my mind. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank President Trump for standing up to straighten this world out. I think he's done yes. a hell of a job, and I think he's been under attack for six years now. What kind of man takes that bullshit and still stands up and comes back? Yeah, uh, he's a tough guy. Uh, not too many people like him, Robert. Uh, he, uh, he's a tough guy. He's a New Yorker, you know? He's, he, he grew up in real estate. That's a rough and tumble uh, business. I'm a fourth-generation veteran, and I have a lot of problems that I see coming down the road here. And I see a lot of disrespect out there for our country and our veterans. And the American flag, as far as that broad's concerned, yesterday... Look, the American flag is a statement. This is the land of the free and the brave, and you don't tread on us. You know, and that's the bottom line. That flag is a statement. Well, and, uh, uh, I have a few other things here I want to address, and that's these Iranian ships headed to Guatemala. Yeah. Well, y'all remember the 60s? We need to get out there, and we need to block them ships. Because if you think they ain't got arms on them, and you think they're not going to come up through here... Yeah. And you think Antifa and these people aren't going to get organized? Well, hey, keep your guns loaded. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And there we go with his little expletive that he gave. And oof, I mean, calling people broads and, you know, ugh, um, just about whether or not Antifa is going to be getting Iranian weapons through Guatemala. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's some tinfoil hat goodness right there. So yeah, another episode of uh, hypocrite or another example of hip, or not hip, words of redneck wisdom. Sorry. Um, but here's the thing, like the other one that I wanted to play that I didn't get to play was that somebody was talking about how it was, it was, we shouldn't honor escaped slaves because they were criminals of their day. Let me, let me repeat that. The woman made the point that we should, that, that somebody who wanted to, somebody who was going to be honored, I believe it was by changing the street names in New Orleans, I believe, that, that one of the names that was going to be used, one of the people that was going to be honored was somebody who escaped as a slave. And that we shouldn't credit any other thing in this person's life. I forget who the person was. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't honor that person because that person was an escaped slave 
and escaping as a slave was a criminal of the time. And because that person was a criminal of the time, therefore we shouldn't applaud the person. Applaud anybody for escaping slavery. Like, that, that's just the mindset. That, that's why, again, one of the other reasons I think that Barack Obama was wrong, that we have two Americas. There's one that believes that we shouldn't honor people uh, because, who were escaped slaves because that made them, quote, criminals, and other people who look at things like that and just want to laugh in those people's face. Anyway. Let's get to my caller. How are you, my friend? And what's going on this week? Hello. <laughs> Hello. You were asking the question. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, it's been a rough week. Every like uh I, I don't like to talk about personal stuff on the show too much, but wow. Like I took my took my I had a, a leak in my tire. And I needed to get my tires rotated anyway, so I just filled it up briefly, filled up the tire to to be fully up, and then brought it to the to the to the to the uh, Firestone or whatever. Um, they rotated the tires, and well, guess what? It, it's flat again. The same tire is flat again. So either they failed to repair it, or they didn't repair it right, or something else is wrong with the same exact tire, which is annoying. But. <laughs> um, and we had to have an electrician come out this week. But fortunately, that was not as much as I expected. As I expected, it might have been. But I did opine on my personal Facebook that I would like to have a month where just nothing goes wrong. I would love for that to happen. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, maybe that's asking too much. Maybe I should just ask for a week where nothing goes wrong and then go from there. But I, I, I'd like a month. I think I've had enough wrong going on where, you know, I'd like a month. Anyway, so... <laughs> Is that Let's for see. all things or just major things? <laughs> I mean, I, if I stub a toe, I mean, that's a nuisance, but that's fine. But, like, probably just if there was no major things, I could probably handle the minor things better. But it, when, there's, when there's major things that's coming all the time, it makes the minor things just worse. So, uh, Mask Free America asks, or Bringing a Boy asks, do they have smog checks where I live? No, there are no smog checks where where I live. It's uh, we don't we don't have that much smog. I guess it's, it's not not we're not that big of a city. I guess to, to worry to have to have worry about smog. Uh, even the 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 checks on the vehicle. I was I was always surprised because I came from Maryland, and in, Mar- in Maryland you have to do an emissions test on your vehicles when you get your vehicles inspected. So I have to test your emissions to make sure you're not spitting out too much junk in the air. In New Orleans, we have a what's called a brake tag check, which you don't even check your brakes. It just checks your brake lights and and your horn and make sure that your all of your lights are working properly. It's it's the there's nothing to do with the environment. So, <laughs> so anyway, what was your what was your point that you were going to make? I guess. No, you asked the question about whether or not uh, Trump gets credit for the vaccine, and um, unfortunately, <laughs> because. The vaccine or the, the pharmaceutical companies were working on the vaccine over the entire year. All, all uh, President Biden did when he came into office was continue distributing the vaccine. There wasn't any vaccine that was made underneath his administration. Um, he, he's only been in a few months, but basically right. just distributing vaccines. Um, so 
I guess. Well, and just I mean, to point out, the, the Biden administration just... did come in and say that the that the infrastructure to distribute the vaccine was non-existent. Uh, they, they were not. They, they claimed that they were not left with any sort of um, methods to distribute the vaccine. That it was. It was just. It was. They were created, but the distribution channels were not created to to deal with the distribution of the vaccine. So, 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 the, the Biden administration was also doubted, laughed at when they said that they were going to get a, a hundred million shots in arms uh, in the first hundred days, and in the first hundred days they got two hundred million shots in arms. Uh, so there is credit there to be said. But yes, you were correct in that the vaccines were developed during the they were developed during the Trump administration. But my my question more is not the timing of it, but you know my my thing is if, if you're gonna does Trump get the credit for that and by from conservatives and why why conservatives are crediting Trump with that are they then not wanting to take it like it's like to me if you're if you're if you're giving trump kudos for producing a, for helping to get this vaccine out the door um or distribute or made at least if, if you're ready to be put out the door if you will um if you're if, if the people who are giving him that credit but yet are refusing to take the vaccine are it's it, that i'm failing to see the logic there if, if, if making well, the vaccine, I don't understand. who, who okay, told you ahead. that conservatives are giving credit for Trump uh, creating the vaccine? I don't personally, and, and again, it's anecdotal because I don't have don't know every conservative in the United States, but most conservatives that I know um, don't give credit to Trump for the vaccine because, and they're and that's and they're not taking the vaccine um, because they don't trust the vaccine. Uh, they're very displeased with as much as he was pushing the vaccine uh, and still even after his presidency when he went to CPAC and talked to them he was still pushing the vaccine and taking credit for it and it's like don't do that don't don't push it because nobody wants it I mean as far as the conservatives um, and so I, I don't did know CPAC who's saying him? did, did CPAC boo, happen to boo him or, 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 or negatively respond to him saying about the vaccines or talking about the vaccines? Negative, they're negatively responding to the vaccines, conservatives. Right, but, but like at CPAC, I don't recall whether or not at CPAC specifically they they responded positively or negatively when he said, uh, when he brought up the vaccine. Well, and, and there are people like, like I bring up um, the, you know, the, the radio host uh, that's here local, Jeff Carrere. Um, he the other day was was touting as as one of the one of the things that Trump should get credit for that he never got a, never got credit for, and a lot of the, the other issues that he was claiming that Trump should get credit for, like the whole hydroxychloroquine thing. You know, he should get credit for 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 say for for being a broken a broken clock for for believing that uh, hydroxychloroquine could work in all cases, and then the study some study shows well maybe it's helpful in severe cases of COVID. Um, but Trump was talking about all cases, including taking it uh, prophylactically and to prevent COVID, which, yeah. which didn't work it's because he was, he, was taking, he was taking it prophylactically before he got COVID and he still got COVID. So, and science shows now that yes, it is a preventative measure and it can be used um, to, to get better. But the thing is, is that it's, it's a small amount of successes on it. So it does work, 
but it doesn't work on everybody. And the amount of people that it works on is not really enough to really say, okay, let's use this. But everyone is saying, but but, but a lot, not everyone, a lot of people are saying that, that he should get the credit for it. I've I've seen that one a lot in conservative posts and and Facebook groups that I'm in and on that guy, Jeff's show, you know, a lot of times the people are saying, well, Trump should get credit for for being quote right about this, but, but it it doesn't even, but the study that I I saw only said it was, it, it was in drastic cases, not in all cases, and not to be preventive. Um, but well, the same posts are also saying that, that Trump should have gotten... If you but, have I've seen, early but I've seen many examples. Of it. That's it. Go ahead. As the only reason, only early stages. If you've gotten past the early stages of COVID, it's not going to help you. But I think that it may be getting twisted as far as what he should be given credit for. And the fact that, the, that it does work when, he, when people were saying it doesn't work, He's going to kill people by telling people to take it um, when it actually does work. But again, it's for a small amount of people. It doesn't hurt anybody, but the fact well, that it doesn't work people. for a small amount of people. It has. Like people, people took it. People took it and they died. People got their hands on some early on in, no, in, they, in COVID when Trump initially started talking about it. And some people no, were like, oh, well, we're going to listen to Trump because we believe Trump and the, and, and the husband and wife died. Because they took That's it. That's because they took it from their fish tank, and it wasn't the, not the stuff over the counter. <laughs> and that story was never proven true as far as uh, that that was the actual case that had happened. I heard about that, too, and I read up on it, and I'm like, okay, that, those were just stupid people. They're going to say, oh, hey, that's in our fish food or whatever, our fish stuff, so let's let's take it out and let's eat it or put it in our drinks and drink it. It's like, no. But Trump <laughs> did say he loved the poorly educated, right? I mean, that was that was one of the things he said that he did oh, well amongst on. the poorly educated, and Trump loves the poorly educated. So if, well, if the poorly educated taking hydroxychloroquine because they're probably high, poorly educated in, in when they took it and with not being under a doctor's care. So exactly. So that's well, on right. them. So, okay, but but does it? Donald Trump should have some. Anybody who's the president should have some, you know, tact and some understanding that my, my, the words that I say are going to have meaning to the people who believe that what I'm saying is correct. And especially when those people are the, quote, poorly educated, i.e. the type of people he could dupe with, you know, Trump University and, and other things that he's done, uh, other, other ways he's managed to dupe people, um, he, he – uh, you know, he and you're not he black if you don't in reality he me. doesn't care. He doesn't care who he hurts. He doesn't care what what his what his what his words do to people. Because all that matters to him is that he has unwavering support and unquestioned support and lo- and that nothing. That's why he wanted like loyalty. And that's why Joe Biden said when, you ain't like if you don't vote for me. And well, that, I mean, that Putin's a killer. You know, you got he goes around and says this, and then he goes over there and just thinks he's going to try and negotiate something after you just call the person a killer. You know, I mean, come on. Okay, so so <laughs> so, so you would rather a president you'd rather a president that's weak to Putin instead of one that takes a strong stance. He to Putin? was weak because he just sat there with his legs crossed. He didn't do anything. You haven't seen the videos of him wandering around yet. You know, while he was over there, they had to go get. Oh, come here, come here, come over here, come over here. They had to go and get him. Because he was just wandering around. I was like, okay, that's not good. 
<laughs> as, as opposed to Trump, who pretty much did whatever Putin wanted him to do. Trump seeded yeah, like Trump, Trump seeded like massive amounts of power to Putin in the Middle East by backing out of of certain areas where where Russians were able to gain influence in the Middle East. Uh, you could see you, the, the, the images that I saw were that were were was Putin showing himself to not be very happy with the fact that he no longer has a puppet in the Oval Office that he could do whatever he wants with. There's a reason why Russia was interfering with our elections, whether or not you want to believe that. Did you hear Putin today, what he said, as far as it's the Americans that are what? doing all this cyber, secure, cyber tampering and hacking and everything else, that, that uh, basically we need to be taking care of stuff in our own backyard before we start accusing anybody else was basically the gist of it. Well, I mean, I think, his, I think both countries, I, I, on the governmental level, both countries are going to be like, you know, oh, we don't hack each other's stuff. Meanwhile, they're going to be trying to hack each other's stuff. But that doesn't, but no, that doesn't but counter the point. Of, of being hacking our elections and everything else. And so Joe Biden, for being so tough, he wasn't so tough. I mean, he he's the one that shut our pipeline down, and then he's opening Russia's pipeline. So Russia can, and he's actually sending aid. To help them get theirs going again. What was our pipeline going to do? Because a lot of people believe that our pipeline, and actually this is helping us move perfectly into our next segment, which is great. Thank you very much. What is the what is the pipeline? What was Keystone Pipeline going to do? Not the Keystone, the other one. That that um, jacked up uh, Canada and the U.S. Right. Well, the Keystone XL was the one that was the one that Biden just shut down. Just a development mm-hmm. on, so yeah. One of them. That was one of them. Then the other one that went to, to um, Canada. Well, the Keystone starts from yeah. Canada into it. The Keystone would have started in Canada and come down through okay. the country into Texas. To do there's what? A, there's, there's a pipeline that was being built that was going through Canada, so this way we could take fuel to Germany or wherever else it needed to be to secure our independence and in our energy. And when Biden became how, president, how he actually stopped that pipeline. And when he stopped that pipeline, that stopped a lot of jobs. It stopped the company that was actually investing in that pipeline to make that possible. And he'd been fighting for a while, you know, prior to that, trying to get it done um, for the environmental um, groups and all this other and so this time around, he said, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not investing any more money in this because this is ridiculous, fighting for something that, you know, may not end up happening after all. So anyway. But here's the thing. But, but I honestly, something you just said, and maybe, maybe I heard you wrong, but something that you said was that you have, that, that, that it was going to help, that the Keystone Act, the pipeline was going to help us with our energy independence. But you also said that it was going to send it was going to send send energy to, I guess, Germany, right? Or send or it was going to send them to Europe. Hello. I'm here. Okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say, like it does that doesn't seem to fit. Like one of the things that that people people have tried to say that Keystone Pipeline was and and the pipelines are going to help um, help us be more energy independent. Well, like even in the Obama administration, we were a net exporter of gas. We, we, we exported more gas than we brought in. So we were a net right. exporter of gasoline during 
Obama administration. We were already making more than enough gasoline. We didn't need any more, so we were shipping them out of the country. What, what these pipelines were going to do was it was going to bring the oil down from up in Canada, down through the country, into Texas to ship them out of Galveston or whatever port is down there in, in the Gulf and to take advantage of some sort of tax credits that were there. And it wasn't going to benefit our energy security, any stretch of the imagination. This is, this is all ex- fuel that was going to be exported. So why do we have to go over Native American burial grounds, go, you know, make an additional pipeline, which, which is an additional, you know, point of potential failure that could, that could take place, you know, another target that could potentially take place. Why, why do all this just to export more stuff to other countries? Why do we have to risk, you know, you, you mentioned the environment, you know, I don't know, why do we need to risk our environment so that they can have more energy? Like, well, when you understand. export, you make money. So it actually strengthens the economy for the country. When you stop exporting and you're only importing, that is draining the company. I mean, the com- well, basically the company, the United States of its economy. Because you're well, buying but, more than you're making. But it's not draining it because you, we're not, we're not, it's, not, it's not a loss of anything that we currently it, have. With the Russia pipeline, we're going to be getting to import oil again rather than export, is my understanding. I haven't, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen anything about saying that the, that, the, that the Russia pipeline was going to cause, um, let's see, and whereas Germany was from Russia, as far as Trump had arranged that, so they would import from us. Now, now we're not going. Now we're not going to be exporting to Germany anymore. Um, they're going to have to buy it from Russia, or they're going to start buying it from Russia. That's the okay. purpose of getting that that pipeline up again. And I get, I just, I just don't necessarily see what what what. Okay, yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get the oil from somewhere. So so basically, we're supposed to we're supposed to risk our environment, and we're supposed to put all the all the make all this effort just to just to just do. Well, what? that's kind of the whole kind of weird thing, um, Dan. Is 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 honestly, it's kind of weird in the sense that um, after the um, environment was bought, or environmental groups were settled and. Everything was worked out. Okay, we're going to do this instead of that. If you're and if you agree to that, then great, we're good to go. And there, so there was a lot of negotiating going on about that environmental thing. And so everything was on the up and up. Finally, everybody agreed, signed contracts. Everybody was happy, and we were moving forward. And then uh, Biden came in and he shut it down. And he said he wasn't going to, but he did. And so I get with the whole environment thing, but when it was finally worked out in the end. And, and there were compromises that were made, and it cost the company more money to do it. But okay, we fine, whatever. Let's just do it and get it done. Um, then, and then he shut it down. So, you know, in the end, that was a lot of lost money that was put into that. You know, building it and um, and completing it. They didn't get to complete it, and and then having to walk away from it. You know, that's and, and so. I don't know. I just don't think that that's a really good idea when everything finally was going great and then he decided to just shut it down on a whim because he said he wasn't I mean, going to do it when he was on the campaign trail. 
I don't know because I'm looking at a I'm looking at a video from CBC from a CBC News, whatever that is, uh, from May 18th, 2020, uh, saying Biden says he'd cancel Keystone XL permit if elected. So that's something from May 18th of last year. So 13 months ago. It's, it's, um, hmm? I'll have to find you. I'll find you a clip that says otherwise. He kept going back and forth, which was really interesting as far as okay. So now he's not going to shut it, and he was getting a lot of the progressives upset because he said um, that he was going to shut it down and now he's talking something else. So it, it upset them. They didn't know what he was going to do and he shut it down. Huh. But um, Reuters, yeah. May 18th, Democrat Biden says he would kill Keystone XL pipeline. So um, I, I, I can't find anything specifically on and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to put you on mute real quick just so we can go to the commercial, the second commercial break, because we're going to come back and continue talking about energy uh, and oil and uh, America's dependence on it uh, and our obsession with it, so to speak. And we will also come back and uh, take your calls as well. 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things. Political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts You'll ever hear, and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Capital, talking investing in finance in the Just Capital Minute. Last year, eight CEOs received pay packages worth more than $100 million. And as many of us have heard, they pay little to no taxes on these massive pay packages. That's because our tax system is based on income and cap gains, and much of their wealth is in unrealized gains. In fact, for most of the ultra-rich, it's in their best interest to keep their salaries as low as possible so they don't have to pay taxes in the highest income bracket. This is the key thing. When you own appreciating assets, such as millions of shares of stock or several houses, banks will be more than happy to lend you all the money you could ever want for incredibly low interest rates. You will take that money and live off it while not paying any taxes on it because it's debt. And the magical part is you can do this until you die and pass those assets onto your heirs. This is buy, borrow, and die. This has been the Just Capital Minute, Build Wealth and Fight the Wealth Gap.
And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. And what, uh, shout outs to uh, at Just Amber, or at, I'm sorry, at Amber Rose on Twitter uh, with Just Capital. Uh, at Just Capital, I believe, on TikTok as well. Um, interesting point being made there that the ultra wealthy uh, can just take out loans based off of uh, their assets and live off of the loans and because that's their capital and then not have to worry about taxes. They just borrow, buy, then die. That is something I never thought of. And it's just another one of our inequities and failures in our system of that, that rewards uh, people for being obscenely rich with ridiculous uh, abilities just like that. Um, if, if they're, and they're being compensated by, you know, stocks, stock options and unrealized gains. Therefore, they're not getting taxed on that either. So they're just hoarding wealth like the giant dragons that they are. Um, and they don't even have big beefy arms like Trogdor. Anyway, so before we get, continue on with the discussion, again, I want to give a big shout out to Ex Demonox, host of the World According to Knox, uh, Liberal Band Radio patron. Uh, also, a shout out to Cesar, uh, my other Liberal Dan Radio patron. You can support the show as well. Um, get early access to when, whenever I do end up posting it, <laughs> to if it's available early, to the Hypocrites of the Week, and have other uh, contributions or uh, be able to uh, add your say into things uh, as we get people sponsoring the show at that level. So I'd be more than happy to have you on and and. But if you can't afford a monthly Patreon support, just, again, please make sure to support and, and, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.liberaldan.com or youtube.com slash liberaldanradio, and that will uh, allow you to bring you to my channel. You can subscribe there. That's one of the cheapest and easiest ways that you can support the show. Anyway, so we were talking about uh, oil and gas uh, in this country, and uh, the name of the show is uh, The Fossil Foolishness, because... Uh, part of it is, you know, one of somebody that I know has a another show on that station, uh, another conservative friend of mine, and he was calling uh, people uh, the fossil fools instead of fossil fuels, but he was called talking about the more liberal folks, uh, obviously, and and uh, I'm, I'm talking about the fossil foolishness, the idea that we have um, in this country that, that this obsession that oil is the only way that we can do things and no other things. Like, you know, we had Mass Free America bringing a boy in the chat. Uh, asking about, you know, emissions tests. We all know that, you know, I'm sure other areas maybe with higher traffic, you know, do and, you know, test for emissions, I guess, in, in car, when cars get looked at, uh, inspected, uh, so to speak. Uh, so you have, you know, areas where smog, you know, is an issue because of of the output of all of this, of all of the vehicles out there. Although we have buses, you know, people have, they've made buses, uh, that I guess run on hydrogen fuel cells that have little or no emissions. Uh, you have, you know, I remember the one ad of the person being behind the bus and breathing in because all it is is the exhaust because all it was is a water vapor. Uh, so you have, um, so you have uh, the the thing, you know, where, where we could move to other things. Like people complain in like Louisiana is a very big state when it comes to oil and gas. Uh, we love to drill. We love our drilling. But, you know, we could, ma- if, if we tried, 
if there was, you know, if we remove, if we move from one form of energy to another form of energy, uh, instead of whining and complaining about us trying to move from one form of energy to another, we could, you know, try and capitalize on the change and, and produce things that we need to use to get the alternative forms of energy. But since we're already in the energy sector, it seems to be a, a smart fit that somebody would go and say, hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, start developing solar or wind or what have you. We're going to start working on geothermal or some other forms of, of electricity that, that, you know, maybe even if we can't use them here, that they could be sent to other places, that we could develop these energy methods first and forth. But, but one of the things that, that kind of stood out to me today uh, with this whole um, the, – because the Biden administration said – you know, that we're going to pause new oil and gas leases. We're going to pause new oil and gas leases. And a judge said, no, you can't. And, and the, uh, the state AG of Louisiana, uh, who isn't the uh, sharpest bulb in a six-pack, uh, he, he uh, had his say, say on uh, what, what's going on with this. Uh, he's leading a 13th – and if he's leading a 13th state coalition – well, he claims, according to his website, that he's leading the 13th State Coalition. Whether or not he's the real leader of that coalition or not is, is, is another thing altogether. Um, uh, but so in January, Biden solidified a moratorium on new development in oil and gas fields. Uh, it halted all oil and gas leasing operations days after the Biden interior took similar steps against existing leases. Together, these actions make up the, quote, Biden ban, supposed aggressive and reckless, according to Landry. Uh, abusive presidential power. Um, so, but if, if that organization or that department of the federal government is responsible for determining whether or not we're going to lease or not, I'm not sure how that is a uh, reckless abuse of power. Um, supposedly says Biden's executive orders abandoned middle-class jobs at a time where America needs them the most, but these are new. So, so there obviously are existing wells. So there are existing wells that are currently in, that are currently working. They're currently pulling oil out of the ground from those wells, right? Um, and, you know, my friend from California can chime in anytime, you know, I'll put you back off mute. So um, I, I would, I would, you know, so you're not, you're not losing jobs in that the people who are working those, those, those areas are still going to be working those areas. And I guess the argument would be maybe from somebody who is pro oil that, well, it's not unlimited. The amount of oil in that particular well or that, that the well is pulling it from, the amount of oil that's there in the ground is not unlimited. So you need to find more oil somewhere else, um, mm -hmm. which, which to me kind of is my point, is if, if oil is limited, if the amount of oil that's in the ground is limited, then mm -hmm. why shouldn't we be looking for other forms of energy and, and capitalizing on other forms of energy that are not limited? Why, why, why shouldn't we be looking at renewable sources of fuel? Why shouldn't we be looking at other methods of powering our homes, other methods of powering our vehicles, other methods of, of powering industry? You know, it, 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 and why not? Why not expand those areas? Why not? Why not? Why not do that? Why, to me, 
when, when we're just the people that are so stuck on oil. It's like a drug addict almost. We can't do anything else. We can't do anything else. We need, we need to do oil. We need oil, more oil, more oil. But, you know, I don't know how much oil is in the ground. I don't know if there are 50 years of it left or 5,000 years of it left. You know, maybe, maybe there's, there's untapped oil resources beyond our wildest dreams that, that could be there if only we tapped the right place. Um, but it may surprise you to know that under the under Trump administration, he did have set up a committee to look into alternative energy sources as far as, you know, looking into, I don't know, not just solar and wind, but other, you know, alternative um, energy and what the efficacy of that could be for the United States as a whole. Um, and, and you can look that up. And, and the reason for that is because not just do we want to use the oil, but that is proven to be the most efficient delivery system. There is no country or entity right now operating on complete renewable energy. They're always plugged into actual, the, the regular source of energy that we, they would get. Now, they're assisted by renewable energy, but there, we haven't found, innovators have not found or discovered uh, yet. Anyway, they're still working on it. Uh, scientists all over the world, um, alternative means of energy that will provide a a sustainable energy source for cities, counties, countries, states, whatever. Uh, But but there is none as of today that exists. And so Trump did have that committee because he wanted to be moving over towards a more not only efficient, but a less expensive, you know, to provide energy to the American people. And I thought that was good. He's not a climate change denier, but he's also not an alarmist. And so for that reason, he had included in his budget money for that committee um, to, to start looking for alternative sources. Um, why, why, you know, why is he not a, an alarmist? It's because of the whole thing of him always wanting to sugarcoat things. But then again, Trump is also the person who claimed that windmills can cause cancer. So, I mean. <laughs> who knows? I mean, Maybe they can. We don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe one day it'll be shown that they do, and everybody will be like, see, he was right, although he'll, he, you can't just claim things based on no information, no data, and then take credit if you happen to be right. It's like if I randomly you know, shoot a gun in the air and happen to hit somebody who was about to commit a violent crime, that doesn't mean I was justified in randomly shooting the gun in the air. You know, it, it's, of course um, not, but his optimism – his optimism is just saying, and also precautionary measures as far as maybe he heard something about that. You know, I heard you talking on one of your shows as far as Biden or Trump saying that um, that light can help you get rid of COVID. And there were actual scientists that had that uh, UV light um, that could do it, but they were taken off of YouTube and they were shut down as far as uh, providing any energy or I mean, not energy, any proof that that actually had worked as far as um, that light. Well, I really, I mean, I really didn't mock anyway, I the whole... Go I just want to talk it, about it, the fact that people see, their, see things differently. You think automatically, as far as Trump just wants to sugarcoat everything, and it's like, well, maybe he's an optimist. You know, optimism gets people, you know, into positive positions of success. And, you know, being optimist, an optimist all the time is not always a good thing either, but, you know, there are optimistic people rather than just trying to sugarcoat everything all the time. You try and be optimistic because you don't want to create a panic. You try and be optimistic because you want to raise the mood. You don't want to be an alarmist all the time or, you know, just 
everything's going wrong, and we're all going to die. And uh, 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 <laughs> we've got ten years to live. <laughs> are there's are there some things though where where perhaps being not necessarily an alarmist, but just being truthful and saying, look, we need to do X or else something bad is going to happen, and being like and and just straight having some straight talk. Isn't there times where that is also needed? Like I think if sure, there's any time where straight show. talk was needed was in the middle of a pandemic. We needed straight talk in the middle of a pandemic, and and sometimes I think we need straight talk about climate change issues, and we need straight talk what about our about energy. Emails? What do you think about Fauci's emails that came out that basically was saying that it was nothing more than a flu, and you know we need to to um, figure out how to, to to not tell everybody this. Was I mean, was there a Fauci email that? Because I haven't seen that particular Fauci email claim. I've seen other Fauci email claims that basically just repeated the things that I've been saying that Fauci has been saying this entire time. Like for example, when Fauci early on said that we don't need masks, it's because he didn't see any evidence that masks were going to help people in because he 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 said early on that wearing one of those grocery store cloth masks is not going to stop you from getting the virus. And that, that advice has really never changed. Um, he did then alter his advice to say there's now evidence to show that by wearing a mask, and if you happen to be sick, it will prevent you from spreading it to others. And that was the sure. change. But unfortunately, right. but not, many people who... But, but people are calling that flip-flopping, and people are calling that Oh, Fauci was proved to be lying. No, Fauci has just got new data and changed his advice based on new data. So when you say coming back to the oil, coming back to the oil and gas, wait, coming back to the oil and gas thing, when you say that scientists are looking all at these other options, I don't believe that the people who are questioning Fauci on, oh, well, Fauci says this and now he says this, so therefore he must be not telling the truth. I don't believe that those people are now going to say, Oh well, these scientists have now just shown that we have we have now a more efficient way of of uh, of getting energy that's not going to kill the environment like fossil fuels are doing. And so let's move to that one. I, I believe that those people are are going to still if they rejected science now, I have no reason to believe that they'll accept science later on. Well, here's the problem with that. Okay, the flip flop. If if it was on the up and up. If it legitimately happened as it was, because since this was a novel coronavirus that we had no knowledge about, supposedly, uh, allegedly, um, at the time, then yes, of course, with new data, things are going to change, whether it's new processes, procedures, or whatever. That will happen. That's just life. And that, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. But when you have an email between Fauci and other scientists or people in his circle that Say he knew he actually knew before the flip flop before he said uh, nobody needs to wear masks um, and we're all okay it's like the flu and the guy asked him again are you sure about that because people are listening very carefully and he said yeah 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 that's fine and we knew and he said it was because we need the mask for the healthcare workers okay but it was before that he knew at that time that as far as wearing the masks and that they weren't any good. But then that's when he later had said uh, everybody should be wearing a mask, doubling up on masks and stuff like that. At that time, he knew that masks wouldn't work. He knew that way before then. And that's where I have a problem with him. And I can actually say he lied because prior to either statement, he knew that masks wouldn't work. 
And yet he said no, and then he said yes. He knew the mask would have worked for what? Not because he did block because of new data, because he had the data. <laughs> but he knew that mask wouldn't work for what? For as far as spreading the coronavirus. They wouldn't work to help. Wait, but but he, he according to the emails that I've seen with 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 the you know his email stated that he he believed that masks wouldn't work to prevent you from catching it, the wearer from catching it. That's what those emails right. said. He, he right. didn't, I don't, there was no email that said that masks, I, th- I think those emails said that masks at, could, I think those same emails did say that masks could potentially prevent an infected person, somebody showing symptoms, I guess, uh, from spreading it to other people. So that those emails that said that masks wouldn't work to protect the wearer also said that if the person is sick with it, that they could wear the mask and it would help prevent the spread. And this, I think this is also back in the time when people didn't know necessarily how it spread because we didn't know if it was like, if you were, if you were, sh- how you were shedding the virus either. So then you I'll got more data. Emails on Twitter okay, or I mean, something please. because we so, have all that. I mean, liberal, that Dan, and, liberal and Dan radio at gmail.com. You have my email okay. address, liberaldanradio at gmail.com. Send me the email because I'd okay. love to see what you're okay. trying to say. Because because okay. to me, he's always been consistent with that. Like, you know, he, he – because the change was now masks will help, but they're going to help not the wearer to be protected, but they're going to help pre- prevent the wearer from spreading it to other people to show that mm-hmm. he, first, he first believed that they, they might work so for infected people and for, for people with known cases that they might help to, to prevent the virus from spreading from the person. And then data came in and it showed, yes, it does help. And that was, so that's why they changed the masking advisory to don't bother wearing masks unless you're sick to wear masks because even asymptomatic people can spread the virus. And so therefore we need everybody to mask up. But and, and if that, that and if it happened the way it went down, you know, as far as his, what he knew at that time, then I have no problems with that. You know, like I said, when, when things like this, you get new data, so new new things have to come up to you know to save people, and and that's what you just got to do. You got to shift and introduce new procedures and stuff. And so if it went down that way, I have no problems with that whatsoever. But but it didn't go down that way, and, and it's unfortunate. And, I, again, I'll get you those emails, like you said, because I know you want to read them, and that's cool. Um, and it's the best thing to verify, trust and verify, and so I appreciate that, um, the opportunity to send that to you. Anyway, i got to go, but um, thank okay. you for taking my call. <laughs> well, thank you for calling, and, and I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you contributing to the show. Again, you know, we disagree, but I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to have you on. I'm, I, I don't like just discussing things in an echo chamber and you know you bring up you know points where you know they're well thought out and I, and I believe well reasoned and we just disagree on on the the results but you're you're the type of person who I could sit there and probably if, if we were in person we could have a four-hour discussion um, discussing the issues and still be friendly afterwards because we're not going to be mean to each other we're not going to vilify each other we're just going to understand that we have a difference of opinion on, on, on these various things, but. Um, yeah, I think we both like to learn too. I mean, we have open minds, yeah. like you were saying, as far as things that you bring up, you know, make me think 
mm, well, he's got a good point there. I didn't think about that. You know, so it's it's um, you got to have that type of open mindset, and I think that's what helps us communicate. Um, and then we can say our goodbyes. And I can say, have a great week. I hope it gets better for you next week. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, we, let's everybody hope that all of us who are listening to Liberal Day and Radio can have a month free of crap. No more there crap. There you go. Well, thank you very much, and you have a good rest of yours. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so we do have another um, uh, Mask for America said, if the masks were so protecting, why people threw them on the ground after they were? No, because a lot of these masks were disposable, so you you could dispose a mask. If there's a disposable mask, you would just – now, I I have never thrown a disposable mask on the ground because I like to not litter, and I would throw a disposable mask in the trash can or some other sort of garbage receptacle. Uh, so there's that. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, uh, and I watched one of the woman, one of the women that works at the pool supply store that I go to, to get my chlorine and shock or whatever, uh, questioned about it. You know, if, if the mask, this, this is a reasonable question based from people who might not know. And I don't have a problem if, if you want to learn. And, and the person who works at the, at the, at the pool store honestly wanted to learn and fine you know there's no reason to not ask questions you know and and and, and, I, and if you're asking an honest question that, that you might be confused about you should not be vilified for that now there are some some things that maybe you know a year into the pandemic you know you, you maybe could have learned you know earlier but here's the thing if you have you know you, you know she, she asked basically so so if if, if covid was so dangerous then why don't you throw the masks into like a, a hazardous waste bin instead of a regular trash can? Um, and I would say, you know, because the fact that it, it was, pre- the mask was there to prevent your virus from getting out. So if you already had the virus, you know, it's not, it's not going to spread from the mask. It, 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 it doesn't last long enough in the air to be able to, you know, sit there. I'm not going to go digging through other people's trash. Bringing a boy asks, if, if one was on your driveway, how would you take care of it? Uh, if I found a random mask on my driveway, I'd either find a stick and pick it up with a stick and throw it in the, throw it in the trash can, or I would find some other sort of thing where I wouldn't have to touch somebody else's dirty old mask. But it's because it could have anything on it. It could have somebody's snot on it or spit on it. I don't want to touch other people's spit that I'm not consenting to. Uh, I don't want to touch anybody's, any sort of bodily fluid from somebody else if I'm not consenting to it. So obviously I'm going to, you know, if I found a used condom on my driveway, I would find something else, other thing to touch it with, and I wouldn't touch it with my hands. I mean, ew. So I think I would touch it the same way as I would handle any other piece of trash that I had no idea what it is. I would, I would pick it up, but I, I would not, I would do so carefully and I'd probably still either wash my hands or use hand sanitizer afterwards. So, um, but rolling back to the topic of the fossil foolishness, because I do want to finish this up real quick. I have a couple things to do tonight before I go to sleep. Um, rolling back on the fossil foolishness. Um, I just, if, if, if it's a finite number of fossil fuels, finite amount, of fossil fuels that are available. Why shouldn't we, we should be then looking for? And, and she makes a great she makes a point that there are scientists who are looking for it. I, I just don't believe that 
that the people who are so gung-ho, like we need fossil fuels, that they're going to be like, oh, the scientists are now saying that we have a better form of fuel. Let's go do it. Let's go do that. I don't believe that they would do that. They would still fight to continue drilling for oil and drilling for, you know, even if it was shown to be the least, let's say there was five different types of energy that was better than gasoline, better than oil, five different types of fuels that were better. Let's say that that, that happened. There's, there's, you know, these the people are still, I don't have any doubt in my mind that these people be like, we still need to drill. They, they're not going to be like, yes, let's go to this other industry. They're going to want to retain this industry as long as humanly possible, which people, it's just people, they will dig in and they will fight. And we, so that's why we need leadership to kind of push us in that direction and to enable, you know, the transition of people from one industry to another, like coal, you know, if we simply had, you know, we, we should not be telling the people in like West Virginia, the coal miners out there, we should not be telling them we're getting rid of your jobs or we're dumping coal. We should say we are moving from coal to this. And we, as we're doing so, we're going to help you get trained so that you can use these, so you, so you, whatever skills you've learned here, we're going to help adapt those skills so that maybe you could apply that skill set to something else. Or we teach you a whole new skill set so you can help develop other forms of fossil, of non-fossil fuels that are going to be helpful uh, to the to you and to your neighborhood and to your state and to your country, but you know again that's I, but people again are going to dig in and fight that because they're just so addicted to fossil fuels. Now look, there's hypocrisy on the left too. I f- remember Ted Kennedy saying, "Wait, um, bringing a boy need to capture a UFO and look at the technology and how they work." Absolutely, 100% agree. I agree with him on that. Um, so again, Ted Kennedy, he was, uh, pro wind energy, but what happened? He fought a wind farm being placed off the coast where he lived. That's hypocrisy. You're dealing with, well, just like, you know, people who, and I'm sure there are plenty of people in Louisiana who would say, I want, we need to rely on oil, but there's one thing about oil that nobody wants to talk about is that it needs to be refined. So you need a refinery. So if you want to make more oil, you need to refine more oil. Where are you going to put the refinery? Is, are, are the Republicans going to want to put it in their backyard? No. Too many times uh, energy places get put and this is something that sometimes conservatives are not ready for, is that <clears throat> the people with the power who want the oil developed are not going to put the refineries anywhere near where they live. They're going to put it in neighborhoods of the poor. They're going to put it in the neighborhoods of impoverished people. They're going to put it in, in, in marginalized communities. They're going to put them in, I'll say it, probably most likely going to be placed in communities of color. So that's another thing that has to be taken into consideration. Where do these refineries go if you're going to have more oil? Where, is, where, is the, where, where, are you, where are you going to refine it? And are you going to do it in a way that's equitable to everybody? Or are you going to do it in a way that harms certain segments of the population? So, and then same thing with nuclear. You know, I have no problem 
with nuclear energy in general. Although the first thing that I remember news-wise is the Three Mile Isle incident or potential incident. So nuclear might be a reasonable way to, you know, it can be done cleanly. There's the risk, but I think modern plants are much less risky. But nobody wants a nuclear reactor in their backyard because of NIMBY people. So there, there are clear problems with NIMBY folks, and NIMBY folks exist on the left and on the right, in trying to get to other forms of energy that are not uh, oil-based. So we have to do what they did. We have to call out the people on our own side of the aisle. But at the end of the day, guess what? We need to, to make sure that we're not reliant on this. Because what if we fought we, we, in 50 years? I mean, in 50 years, I'm sure most of the people who own these companies are going to be dead and gone and not going to worry about it. That's somebody else's problem to deal with. But in 50 years, what happens? In 50 years, we're running out of gas. Are we going to have something else to replace it? Or in 50 years, if we use so much gasoline that we've impacted the climate so poorly that now it's hard to live, what then? We should start looking into this stuff now. We should have been looking into this stuff for the last 10 years. We should have been developing these alternate technologies and putting more effort into these and stopping our addiction on oil. And that's, and that's, but we won't, and that's why we're full of fossil foolishness. And bringing a boy, he says, one thing we'll agree on nuclear. So there you go. We end the show with agreement on something. So there, we, it's always nice to be able to end the show that way. But this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. I will be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Remember, go to patreon.liberaldan.com or uh, patreon.com slash liberaldan to support the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on TikTok, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Every place else that I am as well, you can go to liberaldan.com to find all those links. Until next week, Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Off to the left. That's right.